finding yourself is a challenge. But trying to realize your potential when you thought you had none is the real enemy we have to battle with. As a teenager, going on from high school to college, I've experienced most of these things, imposter syndromes and thinking that I'm not worthy of existing. Can a book really be a cure of it all? Or can a movement generated by people be a solution for others in finding their true identity and realizing their worth? Let's find out. Hi everyone and welcome back to Feminist on the Pod and today I have a very special guest here. So Kieran, can you please just introduce yourself to us? Hello, hello and thank you for having me here. So yeah, my name's Kieran, Kieran Brown and I'm a author from the UK. I'm currently living in Bali right now and my story is that I have actually been working as a confidence coach for about four years now. And I've been helping people who lack, let's say, social confidence. They can't go out and find dates or they can't make friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my first passion has always been writing, like being creative, writing stories, that sort of thing. Now, I had a conversation with my mum a couple years ago, which gave me the inspiration to write a book, which is what we're speaking about today. This book is called Preta's Web of Chaos. And it inspires women, girls and ethnic minorities to be more than they ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. So that is me. And yeah. Right. So it's very interesting how you've worked um, as a confidence coach and then you've um, kind of like have this passion of writing and then you just like blend the two. It Um, wasn't it wasn't deliberate. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It really wasn't deliberate. So. I had written a story, which I never released, but I'd written a story about um, two people who form a close relationship. And one of them was Preeta, who's the girl from this story. And Mm -hmm. my mum said to me one day, she said, Kieran, why don't you write some books starring Preeta as the protagonist? I was like, mother, that's a fantastic idea. But then it was just a case of, okay, so what is it that actually happens to Preeta? And on a subconscious level, I guess my work as a confidence coach and the fact that I come from a place of real pain and misery in my childhood and feeling isolated and feeling like I didn't belong, etc. That kind of subconsciously, it subconsciously helped to shape the book. But I never sat down and said, I'm going to create a book which is about somebody overcoming adversity it just kind of happened right right so I guess like your background just kind of like pours into it in a very indirect way and it's shaping the book um tying it together into a very um into a complete masterpiece I would say masterpiece well thank you well um can you tell us a bit about like the storyline maybe just like a trailer to this book Mm. Uh, yeah 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 okay this is the trailer so her name is Preeta so the book is called Preeta's Web of Chaos the little girl is Preeta it is her web of chaos so the long and short of it is that she is incredibly special 
And when I say incredibly special, I mean ridiculously special. But she doesn't realise it and she doubts herself. Now, throughout the course of the book, without giving too much away, she encounters a series of really scary, harrowing obstacles, which they terrify her and she's constantly out of her depth from start to finish in the book. And little by little, as a result of dealing with these books, her self-image is slowly changed. It, mm-hmm. And by the end of the book, <clears throat> the vision she has of herself is light years removed from the vision she has at the start. At first, right. she thinks she's small, weak, and just a little girl. By the end, she realizes she's anything but. But it's all about how does she get from point A to point B to point C, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And um, personally, what I think is very special about this book is that I have seen that I, I don't baby her because she's a girl. So she encounters adversity and she has to really think and marshal her resources to overcome the adversity, and which she actually does. And because I have seen, let's say, when personally I have seen a lot of fiction, which is, say, aimed at promoting strong women, what I feel like they do wrong is that they make them like perfect Mm-hmm. Like there was that bat is it Batwoman or Batgirl series a few years ago, which didn't do very well. But it was like, never send a man to do a woman's job. And she just she was just absolutely fine and perfect and just a wall of arrogance. Preeta isn't perfect at all. She's mm-hmm. really kind, she's compassionate, she refuses to give up, absolutely refuses. She wants the best for everybody, and she has a strong sense of loyalty and honor. But mm-hmm. when she's in situations that are tough like those situations are tough and she doubts herself in those situations and she doesn't know what to do and she fails sometimes and then after she fails she sits down and she thinks okay where did I go wrong and then she has you know help from outside sources and then she comes back in again to try again right she really has to show like resilience and grit and determination as well as being loving warm compassionate and highly intelligent Mm-hmm. I guess like um, in that sense people will be able to relate to the character more because honestly um, well personally as a rising college um, student I am also experiencing like you know all this like imposter syndrome and then you're feeling like you're not really enough you don't know if you really can and of course all of us realizes that we have our insecurities and our weaknesses right And so I guess with this character, we will be able to relate um, quite well and better than any characters. Because when we see a perfect character in other novels that you say um, is doing it wrong, I can really say that if you just present a, you know, like a perfect woman, like a perfect character, people might not relate to them as much because they realize that, deep down, they also have these flaws, they also have these failures. So I feel like your book is like representing a more realistic way that women, girls, and other minorities can relate to. Yeah, exactly. I, I exactly agree. <clears throat> Sorry, I completely agree. I've um, never been a fan of characters that seem perfect. This is a little bit of a tangent, but have you ever seen the movie Die Hard? 
I've heard about it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. Well, basically, it's it's weird. It's now seen as a Christmas movie, but it doesn't really have anything have much of a Christmas theme beyond the fact that it happens to be Christmas in the movie. But Bruce Willis is in a tower, and the tower is um, hijacked by terrorists, and it's him on his own fighting against these terrorists. But the mm-hmm. thing is, and I remember, I always was quite taken by this when I was a kid watching this film. He didn't find it easy at all. He mm-hmm. didn't. And by the end, it's like he just about makes it through the film. Mm-hmm. It was he was quite relatable in that. He wasn't like, look at me with my big, strong muscles destroying them. No, 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 no. He found it very tough. And I found that inspirational and relatable. And yeah, I mean, Preeta's challenges aren't um, all physical at all. She has to do like a lot of inner soul searching and things like this. But the concept right. of this isn't easy and you're gonna mm-hmm. have to try but you can do it and it's funny because you mentioned imposter syndrome she literally has that from start to finish she never feels imposter she never uses the term imposter syndrome but mm-hmm. she's in a situation where there are people who rely on her who are telling her she's incredibly amazing and she's like what on earth are you talking about i'm just a little girl right so um... from yeah she's always feeling imposter syndrome and that's something she really has to deal with So that's like, I guess your thought leadership in this book is really going to affect people who are reading it. Because, you know, um, of course, we can always relate to the feeling of the main character. But the other thing that I really want to know is your particular um, reason or like motivation in writing this book. So, what is my motivation? Number one, to entertain people so when i write a story my goal is for you to forget the world exists while reading the story that's the goal that's what i'm thinking at all at all points so as i'm actually coming up with with the storyline and as i'm actually writing the story i want you you being the person who's reading to be so wrapped up in it that you actually forget you have a job that you forget that planet earth exists that you forget whenever you were born, that actually every part of your consciousness is inside that book. That's that's number one. That's very, very, very important. So that's part number one. Part number two, to inspire people as well, massively. Mm -hmm. Massive inspiration because let's say Preeta's Web of Chaos is basically a hero's journey, Mm -hmm. essentially. And she's growing and she's learning from start to finish. And Preeta discovers a number of, um, let's say, personal development principles throughout the book. You know, Mm -hmm. like at some point she discovers mindfulness meditation. Now, if you say to somebody, hey, you should try meditating, unless they happen to have so much pain in their life at that particular moment that they're willing to try anything, they'll probably go, it's not for me. They'll resist it. But if you, if you Trojan horse various concepts into a gripping story, they're less likely to reject it. Mm-hmm. They're much less likely to reject it. So, for instance, Preeta is a little Indian girl. She's English, she's British Indian, but, you know, her family's Indian. In her family, they speak, they bounce back and forth between Hindi and English all the time. 
So if you say something like, hey, a little Indian girl can be a leader and a hero and she can overcome adversity, people go, oh, yeah. But if you actually show them that in a way that's very gripping, then mm-hmm. you will achieve the goal that you wanted by actually dictating to them, but without necessarily having to, well, without needing to dictate and without yeah. the resistance that comes from dictating. So right. there's that. <clears throat> and what I want is people all around the world, literally all around the world, to read this book, to fall in love with Preeton and to realise that, well, if things are possible for her, what could be possible for them as well? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I guess it's the part of the thought leadership that you're trying to implement in this book is really, I feel like it's really powerful, you know, to inspire people to do things without actually dictating it to them. So it's like um, guiding them through it, you know, without them may not be realizing it, but they can relate to it at a personal level so that they can also discover what really is possible for them and what really is um, worth of them, you know. Yeah, that, that is exactly it. So um, the web of chaos. So this book's called Pritas web of chaos and it's part of a movement right yeah so here's the thing when I first and it's funny you know you're speaking about imposter syndrome because I've been facing imposter syndrome with regards to web of chaos as well Mm -hmm. but I I said to myself well look if I'm going to write a book about a little girl overcoming adversity and dealing with imposter syndrome I'm going to deal with it myself but anyway to answer your question so Preeta's Web of Chaos is about a little girl um, overcoming adversity. And from having conversations with um, friends as I was writing the book and people who I love and trust, something that I kept hearing is, this isn't just a book, this is a movement, Kieran, this is a movement. And the truth is that when I kept hearing that, it scared me. So I'm like, oh, movement? Gosh, you know, movement? Like, part of me loves the idea and the other part's like, gosh, you know. I mean, I'm just a guy who's writing a book. I mean, me? Why me? Who am I to start a movement? Right. But, <clears throat> but it kept being said. And the more it kept being said, I, the more I realized, all right, so there's one of a couple of things. Now, either this is like the universe speaking to me, trying to tell me something, or this is actually what I wanted subconsciously all along, which is why these elements are actually in the book. So anyway, yeah, Preta's Web of Chaos is... We are using the book to draw attention to the web of chaos movement. And what, what is that? Essentially, it's like this. Just like Preta, and just like you said, you're dealing with imposter syndrome, and me with all of my struggles growing up, which, gosh, I, didn't, I wasn't happy as a kid at all. And even into my early 20s, I've faced so much self-loathing, self-doubt. I'm black, I'm not good enough. I'm supposed to be dumb because I'm black. Everybody judges me because I'm black. They think I'm violent and all this sorts of stuff. Anyway, people all around the world who for one reason or another feel like they're not good enough. But what's quite sad is that nobody really talks about it. Or at least I don't talk about it enough. So if you look mm-hmm. on, look at social media like Instagram or so, and any kind of social media really, but let's say there's a couple on Instagram. And let's say the husband isn't treating the, the wife right. Or let's say the wife isn't treating the husband right. So they'll have their argument and they'll shout and scream and cry. But then they will take a picture posing at some landmark. 
go, oh, happy Sunday with my favourite human. And that's what they show. So, but that's kind of like, that's what everybody's doing. So mm-hmm. everybody's kind of playing up to an image of how they think they're supposed to be. But most people don't really fit that image. There are some people, like probably 5 to 10% or so, if I'm just going to guess, whose lives actually do sync up with what you're, what it's supposed to be. But most people are just playing to an image, thinking that they're the only one that's playing. But everybody's actually playing and everyone's actually in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, young people especially. And with Web of Chaos, what we're doing is we are bringing people together to say, actually, the thoughts that you have or the things that you're dealing with is actually way more common than you realise and you're not alone. That's number one. And also number two, here's how you can overcome that stuff as well. Could be even something practical. Like, let's say you're at college and you don't feel like you know how to make friends at college. Okay, so here's how you can do that. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you're good enough. Well, here's how we can change that. Mm -hmm. So it's a community as well. So people have a place to to call a home and let's say even a family while Mm -hmm. also like learning to become the best versions of themselves, but also learning to love and accept themselves in a way that they probably never did before. Mm -hmm. I really can relate like throughout the whole time that you're um, talking about the movement. I feel like it really resonates to me as well. Cause like when I first started this podcast as like a high school student and also like my Instagram account, I'm starting to talk about a few things. I didn't really think that I'm the type of person people would listen to, you know, like the feeling of just like, who am I that they would listen to me? And I feel like some of my friends, they gave me the encouragement, just like how your friends did to you. And then it just keeps, you know, calling me and, um, I found the courage to start it. And, you know, the part where you are talking about how people don't really realize what's really in them and they don't realize that other people is also playing with, like, the social media and stuff. Um, I feel like it's really true because, like, all everything you see in social media is very um, polished, let's say. For example, if we're talking about beauty standards, for example. Um, Lots of teenagers right now, they're dealing with eating disorders because they see all these, like, models, uh, perfect bodies, and then the standards that, you know, um, the popular culture kind of, like, um, put out to the world that you have to have, like, skinny waist and then, like, um, you know, skinny thighs, and then you have to have, like, um, a sharp jawline or something like that. Um, and people kind of just like think that everyone has it, you know, because on Instagram, people retouch their pictures. They kind of like make new images of themselves. They Photoshop and everyone thinks that, oh, I, I'm the only one who's flawed and I have to reach that certain image, which we don't even really know whether that image is a true beauty at all. thank you thank you i i appreciate you for saying that um that's my biggest hope really that this really does resonate with people and that people kind of take value from it because at the risk of sounding cheesy it's if you're not i want to leave the world a better place than i found it Mm -hmm. i really do i always have done and when i was younger and i was kind of unhappy 
that desire was kind of cloaked in some, let's say, some misery and some ego. So I was walking around saying, oh, people are stupid and people are idiots and I could do a better job and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And there was, like I say, a lot of self-loathing and ego kind of wrapped Mm -hmm. up in that. But at the core, yeah, I do want to make the world actually a better place. I want people to read this book. Well, we want people to read this book and to be blown away. But we also want to help with things that are going on as well. We want to... If we can do something to, let's say, create another generation of, I don't know, gymnasts or doctors and scientists and political Mm -hmm. leaders and authors or whatever the heck it is that these people want to do. Or even, even let's just say, happy stay-at-home wives and husbands who are just happily running their families. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is what I'm doing and it, it gives me joy and my life is fulfilled and just... Fabulous and fantastic, really. Because again, I've, 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 I've felt too much pain and misery in my life. And there's so much of that. And it's, it, the thought is, if you could actually feel all of the pain that everybody's actually going through, if you could maybe spend a day in the body of everybody's shoes and then just, okay, feel this person's pain and there's this person's pain, there's Kieran's pain, there's Olivia's pain, and da, 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 da it would be, well, just heartbreaking to the max, really. Mm-hmm. But right. we can't actually feel it, so we just kind of assume that it isn't there. Mm-hmm. But uh, something about me, I don't say this to sound arrogant, but it's actually, yeah. as I understand it, so true part of me is I have a lot of empathy, mm-hmm. which is why I'm able to write about an eight-year-old girl while not actually being an eight-year-old girl. Um, I've always found it quite, let's say, simple or natural to empathise with other people's plights or just their general points of view. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's allowed me to just see what's going on and if I can do something to help, then that would be fabulous. Right. And I feel like what's really also powerful about the movement itself, it's like it's giving a platform for everyone to relate, to talk about it in a very like open manner because as you were saying also not everyone talks about that they're suffering and other people might just assume that it isn't there at all it isn't real at all when it's like you know on a personal level to a person it will feel so real and it is real so like yeah I guess um, that's a really wonderful way for you to um, kind of generate this movement and get everybody together Um, Do you mind if I ask you a question? Sure. What would you say, and if you don't want to answer this, this it's absolutely fine. What would Mm -hmm. you say are one or two of the big things that you're dealing with right now in terms of, well, just say personal pain? Right. So um, I'm still actually getting over an eating disorder. So um, it started a while back. Um, in like middle school and high school but obviously I've had like some relapses and even though I I think I'm really healing right now idea of this eating disorder keep on like relapsing and also dealing with all the images in the social media is like a challenge for me I guess Mm. Um, um, someone who is uh, heavily involved with gosh my throat hold on Anyway, someone who is heavily involved with uh, Web of Chaos, her name's Marianiki. 
mm-hmm. and her she has been through eating disorders as well she's a nutritionist she had a binge eating disorder which used to well it, it crippled her quite heavily well let me find what's her in hold on yeah marianiki.o so m-a-r-i-a-n-i-k-i dot o that's her instagram handle now the long and short of it is she helps women to overcome things like eating disorders now and she creates content for web of chaos now i've never had a direct eating disorder myself actually no that's not true that's not true at all i used to massively overeat when i was young i just had a fast metabolism so it didn't really show Mm -hmm. but i used to massively overeat when i was young what i'll say is that i have found is the disorder itself it's it's like a coping strategy for a way that you feel Mm -hmm. at least it was for me so I felt like I wasn't good enough because I was always in trouble when I was young so I got the idea that I was bad and I didn't really know how to socialize with people so I felt ostracized and I didn't like the way I looked so that made me feel bad as well and like I'm a bad person because I'm black and the actual sensation of eating food it would temporarily quell whatever misery I was feeling right And something that I found helped for me, and it's kind of helped for me for so many issues, is to sit alone with myself. Because, let me explain what I mean. So, in our society, we kind of, we we hide from ourselves all the time. So, let's take some woman who has a job, for argument's sake. She's 22 years old, she's got a job in some advertising agency or something. So, she wakes up, she checks her phone, she looks at her email, her social media, blah, 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 blah. Then she has a shower. She might even have like a radio in the bathroom, which is playing music. So then mm-hmm. afterwards, she starts eating. While she's eating, she's listening to music or listening to podcasts. She starts her commute to work, listening to <clears throat> whatever, radio lab podcast, this, 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 that, and the other. Then she's at work and she's working. On her lunch break at work, she's talking to some friends. On her way back home from work, she's again listening to more podcasts. She gets home and then she sticks on Netflix. And she watches Netflix for a few hours and she goes to bed. And at no time is she ever actually just being with herself. She's always dodging herself by uh, consuming the entertainment or whether or not that's hanging out with friends or eating food or blah, blah, blah. And... From what I've seen, when you refuse to run from yourself, it's initially painful because you have to face things. But then when you face that stuff, you kind of get over it. Like I remember, and sorry if I'm rambling, but I remember a couple of years ago. No, it was a good few years ago, but still. I was in my parents' house and I felt really miserable. I felt terrible and I, I didn't know why. But I did my usual thing of running away from it. So I was watching YouTube and I was clicking from YouTube video to YouTube video to YouTube video. And at some point I said, no, I'm not going to do this. No, no, no. So I switched off YouTube and I sat alone with myself. I said, what on earth is going on? What is all this about? Mm-hmm. And then after about a minute, it might even been less than a minute. I'm not sure, but it wasn't that long. This bolt of awareness hit me and it says, I am ashamed because I am terrible with money and I hate my financial situation. So then when that happened, I found myself downloading financial management apps and then really planning my finances and Mm -hmm. properly working out how to save. 
but right. I had to sit alone with myself to do that and I had always been ashamed of my financial situation I always was but in the past that that shame <clears throat> that shame about my financial situation it would have contributed to times when I would have um, eaten food or played video games or just done something to escape from it right mm. um but, so yeah I guess yeah that awareness with yourself is I guess it's really important to have even for everyone because like it just brings you more I guess um alert about what you really have to do to solve the problem that you have yeah yeah there you go right so yeah it's it's really inspiring honestly um do you have any like final tips final um things that people should do um I guess before we say goodbye to them and let them continue the movement and read the book. Well, when you say things people should do, do you mean um, about their own lives and their happiness or, or something else? Yeah, about their own lives and happiness, like your tip. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is what I would say. Um, don't run away from yourself. Face it. Like, face, face that stuff. It's it's tough and it's it's hard, but... If you can sit alone with yourself consistently and just look at your thoughts, but don't believe them. So you don't believe them. So like, let's say some girl and she, she thinks she's really fat and that's something that she hates, right? For obvious reasons, but she thinks she's fat and she hates it. She hates it. Sit alone with yourself and then actually watch the thoughts fl uh, flow in. But the thing is, they are actually just thoughts. And you're not the same as your thoughts. And this is something that you realize when you sit and you meditate, actually. So you mm -hmm. be sitting and you meditate. And let's say you're doing, say, mindfulness, where you're, um, you focus on your breath. And say for five minutes or ten minutes, all you do is focus on your breath as it comes in and out of your lungs and nothing else. And when you, when you get distracted, as always does happen when you meditate, you just come back to the breath, which isn't actually a bad thing at all because getting distracted when you meditate is like getting physically tired when you exercise it's supposed to happen it's literally supposed to happen but you come back coming back to the object of your focus after getting distracted that is kind of the goal of meditation you train your attention each time you do that but anyway so you're doing that and then a thought pops into your head and the thought goes you know what i'm not as pretty as sally whatever her name is and i never will be and she's better than me Okay, but you realize that that's actually a thought. It's like, is that thought actually true? Like, right. we have thoughts in our minds and they're, they're not true. Like, I had a friend, and me and his friend were working on a project. And he messaged me uh, relatively recently to say, okay, um, I can't do this project anymore. Now, when he said that, my brain immediately told me a story of why. Like, he doesn't, because I'm not good enough, he doesn't like me, he thinks I'm weird, blah, 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 blah. And that was a story, there's any one of a thousand reasons as to why he actually said that, which I actually asked him about, and it was nothing like what I thought. But what I would say to people, just to tie this round, is sit alone with yourself, pay attention to your thoughts and realise that actually all of your thoughts aren't real. At all. Mm -hmm. They're really not. There are, there are some that you need to 
take notice of. Like, for instance, if someone is morbidly obese, you know what? You actually do need to do something about that because you could die. That's not a joke. So if you're morbidly obese and you have some thoughts around that, okay, so maybe we need to actually resolve this problem. But if it's a case of, oh, I just don't think I'm good enough because my body is in the right shape. Is, is that really true? Is it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. Like, is it really exactly true that you're really not good enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, is that actually true? Because a lot of the things we think about ourselves, they're actually not true, but we say it constantly and constantly. And we kind of, we trick ourselves into believing that it is, mm -hmm. but it actually isn't. Mm -hmm. So that would be it. Oh, and also as well, before we go, so yeah, um, we are launching a Kickstarter campaign for uh, Preeta's Web of Chaos. So the main thing that we need um, funding for is to send copies of this book all around the world. So we want to send 2,000 copies of Preeta's Web of Chaos to basically people around the world who could really benefit from it, whether that's schools, universities, like trauma centers, etc. Somebody recommended Oprah School for Girls in, uh, in Kenya. That sounds like an absolutely fantastic idea. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do need funding in order to make this an actual reality, really. We want people all around the world who need to read this book and need to take its message to actually get the message. So if you have been in any way inspired by any everything I've said today, um, please do please do donate, basically. And we, we would really appreciate that. There'll be a link in the description. It's a Kickstarter link, so... You know, Kickstarter links are a bit weird. It's not like, it's not nothing, uh, it's not a clean link, if you see what I mean. So we'll have the link in the description if that would be um, acceptable to you. And also as well, if anybody would like to follow me and to keep up with me, it's at Kieran Paul Brown on pretty much any kind of social media. That is spelled K-I-E-R-E-N-P-A-U-L-B-R-O-W-N. And also you can follow Web of Chaos as well, which is at Web of Chaos. Right. So um, go ahead and do that, everyone. Um, I'm pretty sure you'll be inspired a lot. And also don't forget to donate and maybe get the book. So, um, yeah, I'll see you sometime soon. And it's been really great. Um, thank you so much for being here and sharing your um your experiences and your movement with us, Kieran. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, everyone, um, I'll see you real soon. Oh, Bye. and by the way, by the way, by the way, you know about your imposter syndrome, about who will listen to you. So mm -hmm. all of the people you respect, like whoever it is that you look up to, 90% of them all think the same thing. They all do. Hollywood right. actresses who have won Oscars, they feel like imposters. They're like, what, me? Who am I to win an Oscar? So you keep doing your podcast. You keep doing it. You're not an imposter at all. Thank you so much for <laughs> saying that. That means a lot to me. Um, yeah. yeah, and keep up the amazing work, Kieran. And thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.